Well, good morning, everyone. That's the first time I've seen that video. And what a great video for this snowy winter day, right? All the spring and the growth and the new beginnings gives me hope a little bit there. Uh, I am so excited to be here with you this morning, this first uh, on-site uh, weekend that we have in January that gets us started in this new year. We are talking about our new series, New Beginnings. And it's all about, like you saw in the video, embracing growth and change. Again, what a great way to start 2024. So we're going to explore the transforming power of Christ in our lives. During this series, we're going to find out what it means to meet Jesus. And you know what I love about um, when I think about our faith and I think about the work that God has done? I think about the, the idea that Jesus meets us right where we are. Right here where you are right now. You don't have to be different. You don't have to be something, um, something else before you reach out to him. He meets us right here where we are right now. But here's the thing. The miracle, he doesn't leave us there. He takes us to places that maybe we can't even begin to imagine. And if there are people who are believers in Jesus in your own life, around you, um, in the church, ask them. Because it is an amazing journey to embark on. So I had to start by saying that I'm not much of a New Year's resolution kind of a person, but I am all about change. Some people love change. Some people struggle with it a little bit. But new beginnings means change. And there are two ways I think we can view change. We can look at change and the things that are up and coming with fear, right? Because the unknown element always accompanies change, something I don't yet understand. I'm not familiar with. Sometimes I think we choose to remain right where we are because it is unfamiliar. And we will choose the familiar over the unknown because of that fear, even when it keeps us stuck, even when it's negative in our lives, even when the future could be so, so, so much better. We will choose to remain in what we know because at least we know what to expect then. But what about the other view of change? I think the other view of change that we need to consider is it is an opportunity. Change always presents an opportunity. And for the one who believes in the promises of God, he teaches us through his word so many things about what the future can hold. That fear of the unknown is replaced by faith in that individual. Faith in what God will accomplish. May we take any fears that we may have about what is ahead, the unknown, and replace that with faith in our own lives. I have used this quote from A.W. Tozer often, but it works so well here again. Let me share it with you. It says, what comes to our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Why is that? Our idea of God, Tozer goes on to explain, impacts the way that we live. Of course it does. It impacts the choices that we make. It impacts the community that we create around us. Our understanding of God changes everything that we do. So today we're going to let go of fear for a minute and we're going to choose to focus on the idea of opportunity when we consider change. We're going to look at the idea that change is an opportunity for personal and spiritual growth in our lives. We're going to emphasize the importance of leaving behind the past and embracing the promises of those new beginnings that the Lord has for us. The new future ahead, the unknown a bit, but the opportunity ahead.
Now, if you've ever visited Celebrate Recovery on a Friday night, you know this is one of the first things we have to come to understand. The the past in our lives includes treasure and trouble. I love to word it that way. All of it has an impact on shaping who we are, who we have become. But let's not forget that our future has an amazing impact on who we are to become as well. Imagine the future then, embracing the promises of new beginnings in the Lord. Not leaving the past so that it never happened. It did happen. But embracing what the future can hold. Great place, again, to start in 2024. Would you join me in prayer as we get into God's word this morning? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning in the presence of um, my church family to be able to share this idea of spiritual growth and embracing these changes in our life, knowing that the future ahead is bright, that there is hope in our lives when we lean and rely on you. And so, Lord, I just ask your uh, blessing over the words this morning, that it would be you who reaches into the heart of the people, that it would be you, Lord, who begins the idea and plants the seed of transformation in each and every one of us, because there is so much more ahead. So, Lord, we lift this to you and ask your um, blessings this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we're going to take a look at several topics and when we adopt those things in our life, it will move us daily into a faith journey, and it will encourage us to start that journey, to embark on, if you will, a journey of salvation for some. Maybe you don't know the Lord. A journey of renewal for others, and a faith that is is riveted, that is rooted in God's promises. Keith and Sherry Harney wrote in their book, Organic Disciples. They've wrote a few books, but Organic Disciples, And they said, spiritual growth is marked by engagement in practices that connect your heart to Jesus and the ever-deepening partnership with the Holy Spirit to share the love and message of Christ with others. One of our values here at Crosswinds is discipleship. To make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. To equip others to share their faith in their own circle of influence because I am not with the same people that you're with. You're not with the same people that I am with. And so we are called to share our faith, to make disciples in those circles that we have the opportunity to engage with. Here's what we need to know about discipleship. Genuine discipleship leads us to grow in knowing God and making him known. It moves believers, I love this idea, it moves believers out for the gospel, right? And here's a good working definition. I love how Craig has given us this definition here at Crosswinds. He says, a disciple is a person who is saved by Jesus, follows Jesus, is being changed by Jesus, and is on mission with Jesus. Now, in that, a disciple must embrace, then, spiritual growth. We must embrace a journey of constant learning and changing for what will be ahead. So let's look at that idea for a minute. What does it mean to embrace spiritual growth? Embracing spiritual growth means going beyond that first step of recognizing Jesus, right, as our Savior, but it moves us on to inviting him as Lord. Not only Lord, but leading us in an ongoing journey of spiritual growth, of spiritual transformation, heart transformation. And it's a choice. 
It's a choice that goes back to that Tozer quote, quote, right? It's a choice that tells us that we can only truly accept these things when we believe who he is, when we believe what he says, and we believe that he will accomplish what he says he will accomplish. We must believe in the promises of God's word. Listen to Jesus' words recorded in Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So to be a disciple, to be a Christian, if you will, for Jesus means we must say no to our will. We die to self. And we must say yes to God's will. Actually, if we want to think of it in a better way, his will becomes our will. Forsaking some of those worldly ambitions by now arranging our entire life around God and what he would have for us. Worship this morning was a sermon in and of itself. The words that we sang this morning about arranging our life around God. Change in this instance is an opportunity for a life lived with purpose, for a life lived with joy, and for a life lived with hope, if we can trust in the promises that he has given us. So we arrange our life around God by receiving Jesus as Savior, and then by inviting him to be Lord of our lives. So that first point Receiving Jesus as Savior. We don't have to wonder what that means. We don't have to wonder what does that look like. How do I do that? Because we learn, Paul teaches us in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Faith, right? It often starts so small. In fact, Jesus teaches us that faith, even the size of a mustard seed, have you ever seen a mustard seed? That's because they're so tiny you can't see them. Even the size of a mustard seed has the potential to grow into something that changes our life. And when that happens, it begins to change the lives of those around you as well. So new beginnings are about taking that mustard seed of faith and allowing God to do the work of developing it and transforming it. It is by faith that we are saved, that we are saved from sin and the final consequences of sin that lead to death. It is by faith. Salvation, Paul teaches us, can never be earned by works, can't be earned by the good things that we do, because if it could be, then we would just boast about it, wouldn't we? Right? We would just say, well, that's because of what I did. But we need to understand that that's not how it, how it works. But I think that's so opposed to what we learn in the world. If I am to gain something in the world, right, then my compensation will be based on exactly what I have done, right, on what I have earned. But the kingdom of God tells us different. We cannot earn salvation, the greatest gift of all. Rather, we are saved by receiving that gift, by receiving Jesus as our Savior, by acknowledging that he died for our sins and was resurrected for our salvation, and now by desiring to walk with him on this journey of faith. None of it done on our own. 
but with and through the power of his Holy Spirit. You don't have to sit here today and think, I need to figure out how to do this, how to do the next thing, how to go there. There are people around you that the Lord has placed to guide you and it is his spirit within you that will take you to places you could never imagine. C.S. Lewis, writing about the work of salvation, explained, you can't go back and change the beginning, and have we tried. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are where you are, and change the ending. So important. New beginnings are not done in a one-time event. I don't snap my fingers and I'm all set and I'm done for the future, but rather they include opportunity after opportunity for change. Opportunity for transformation. Spiritual growth always starts right where you are, right here, right now, this morning. You have an opportunity to consider the changes that God wants to make in you. And so embracing spiritual growth begins by receiving Jesus first as Lord and Savior. And then by inviting Jesus, our Lord, to lead us. We have to receive Jesus as Savior, but again, it does not end there. Then we must invite him as Lord of our lives to lead us. How do we invite him as Lord to lead us again? Paul, thank you, Paul, in God's word teaches us in Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raises, raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's our salvation, right? But the word Lord is included in there. And that word was used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament for the name of God. So Paul applied this title, Lord, to Jesus, showing that to confess Jesus as Lord is to accept him as the Lord God. And therefore to invite him to now lead my life. To now lead your life. To lead the church. To determine where we will go and what we will do with purpose and with hope and with joy. Another quote from A.W. Tozer. I love this one, but listen to it carefully. It says, a real question is an odd number anyway. Great way to start. He feels supreme love for one he has never seen. Talks familiarly every day to someone he cannot see. Expects to go to heaven on the virtue of another because of Jesus, right? Empties himself in order to be full and admits he is wrong so that he can be declared right. Such a dichotomy, if you will, such a difference between what we see in the world, and it is so true, but it seems like a contradiction to us. At least, I think, a contradiction to those who have yet to receive Jesus, and even more so to those who have yet to call him Lord, it can seem like a contradiction. So believers invite Jesus as Lord to lead them in arranging all their life to be right around him, turning over our hope to his perfect plan, his good plan. Another quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer this time. He says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Why? Because his will, my will, becomes the Lord's will. My will must go so that the Lord's will can take shape in my life. New beginnings include daily surrendering my will for his will, my life for his good purpose and his plan.
Embracing spiritual growth requires that we invite Jesus as Lord to lead us. Spiritual growth is an ongoing journey. Again, it's not a one-time thing. It happens throughout our life. Inviting Jesus as Lord to lead us, to arrange our lives around him, speaks of an ongoing spiritual growth. Growth doesn't happen only in a moment. It happens over a lifetime. Over a lifetime, your lifetime and my lifetime, and the generations that are yet to come. Look at Colossians 2, 6, and 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So when we see that word therefore, right, Craig will say this often, we have to say, what is it therefore, right? It's not enough to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Verse 6 tells us that we must receive him and follow him and walk with him. To be our Lord means that we desire to follow him in all that he asks us to do. It means to obey him. So when we continue to walk with Christ, we are by God's power, not on our own, remember, by God's power rooted in him like a strong tree and built up. I love that. The commentaries will tell you that it's an architectural architect term. That word doesn't come out right, but it's a term used um, intentionally by Paul in the scripture, built up like a beautiful building. And I think built up like a beautiful building right from the foundation and each floor up with all of those new opportunities. Because spiritual growth is never finished. My journey began like everyone else's, with a very limited understanding of God. Maybe you sit here or you're watching this morning and you're feeling, I can't go that route, I don't understand enough. I was there with you at one time in my life. But he gave me the desire to learn. He gave me the desire to go further, to take those chances. And then he provided others that came alongside me to help me on this journey. And he offers that to each one of you, to each one of you online watching today or sometime in the future. He offers it to each one of us. We simply need to listen, to obey, to call him Lord, and to follow. I know so much more today than I did yesterday. Honestly, what does that mean? It makes me realize how much I have yet to learn. It's, it, it's just abounding, can be overwhelming. Those who, who have walked with Christ for much longer than I have have shared that same reasoning with me. And it makes perfect sense because spiritual growth is ongoing. Again, it happens day by day by day over a lifetime of learning. And I'll tell you, it is worth every single moment. I wouldn't change a moment of it because it leads to a transformation of the heart, day by day by day. It leads to my will desiring to be transformed into his. So as our faith is established, our life is now filled with that thanksgiving. I wouldn't give up a moment. I'm so grateful for what he has done and and what he will do in my life in the future. This walk with Christ then necessitates an ongoing journey of spiritual growth and spiritual formation. Go back and consider that definition of a disciple. A disciple is a person who is saved by Jesus, follows Jesus, is being changed by Jesus, and is on mission with Jesus. 
That's why that call to discipleship is a daily commitment, commitment and an ongoing journey of growth in our relationship with him. Not a one-time decision, but a continuous process of learning and serving and deepening your connection with the teachings and the love of Christ found in his word, found through the actions and the evidence that you see in the love of others. And so I ask you to think about it. Each day offers opportunities for new growth. Each encounter that we have provides a chance for spiritual development. Each small change, like that mustard seed, mustard seed, reflects the transforming power of our Lord and Savior. So we must remember, we're not talking about earning salvation here, but how those who have chosen Jesus as Savior now call him Lord. Now embrace spiritual growth. And I love what Dallas Willard wrote here. Listen to this. He said, grace is not opposed to effort, right? There's a part that we have to play in this. Grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. And earning is an attitude. Effort is an action. I love that. Earning is an attitude. Effort is an action. Is an action. New beginnings require change, and they require effort. Embracing spiritual growth necessitates that we engage in that ongoing journey of transformation for spiritual growth. We must engage in the process. So if we go back to where we started, embracing spiritual growth means going beyond that first step of recognizing Jesus as Savior and moves us into inviting him as Lord to lead you, to lead me on an ongoing journey of spiritual growth. It's a journey with twists and turns. It's a journey that seems smooth and soaring at times, right? But then it's a journey that gets bumpy at other times in our life. But you can't go back and change the beginning, like C.S. Lewis said. You can start right where you are and change the ending. Jesus is our guide to all of these things. I remember my grandmother taking me to church when I was very young. That was an introduction for me to Jesus. But it would be many, many years before I would give my heart before I would recognize him as Lord, before I would begin that journey of seeking his will over my own daily. And I still struggle with that. You're not alone in that if that's you. But we know Jesus is more than a guide. He's the one who empowers us on the journey and is with us each and every step through that indwelling spirit that he provides. Now, my journey is not unique. So I want to encourage you today, it is never too late to pursue the new beginning, right where you sit, right where you are right now. Moving beyond that idea of recognition to a journey with Jesus, to a journey with our Lord, involves transitioning from just knowing him, just acknowledging him, to actively engaging in a a transforming relationship with him. It means surrendering my life, my will for his It means embracing discipleship and choosing to know God and make him known in my own circles of influence because it is is not just about me. It's about his plan and purpose for sharing with others. And then continuously seeking spiritual growth through an active and ongoing connection with Jesus, the ultimate guide, the ultimate authority in each of our lives. Paul expressed his own personal journey this way in Philippians 3, 12, and 14. 
He says, not that I have already obtained this or obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Even Paul admits he still had room to grow. So he pressed on. He was determined to know Christ fully because Christ had laid hold of him when he received Christ as Lord and Savior. He was not alone. I love how Paul describes the Christian life as a race. The runner's goal is a complete knowledge of Christ as Savior and Lord. That's the prize. That's the goal. His task is to concentrate on one thing, and that is winning that prize. Now, the winner of a race does not win by looking backwards, do they? That would not work, but rather by looking ahead. Likewise, our journey of faith cannot grow if we only look backwards, but rather we must move forward onto what God has in store for each and every one of us. So my introduction to Jesus that many years ago was just the start of something new. Jesus met me right where I was, and then he did something that I could not. And he has taken me, taken me to places I could never have imagined on this journey of faith, and it is good. And I'm thankful. So as a Christian, may we not be discouraged discouraged about what has happened in the past, maybe previous defeats. And you know what? We can't be proud either of the things that we have accomplished. Those are the past. We leave them both in God's hand. Rather, as a believer, may we press urgently toward the finish line, toward the internal prize that God offers in Christ Jesus. Embracing spiritual growth means going beyond that first step. Recognizing Jesus as Savior, and then it moves into inviting him as Lord to lead us in an ongoing journey of spiritual growth. Because the way that we think about God, the way that we call him Lord impacts every decision that we make, the way we lead our life, the way we engage with others, the community that we have the opportunity to impact around us, the thanksgiving that we reflect as we engage with others. So what is your idea of God? So, so, so important. Are you embracing spiritual growth? Are you taking this moment that you have the opportunity to take and moving forward with him? Maybe you have not received Jesus as Lord and Savior yet. It's not a magical thing that you need to do. It is a relying thing. It is a question that you ask. It is a desire that he can place within you and he can grow starting with a mustard seed. Do you have a mustard seed within you to ask Jesus to receive him as your Lord and Savior? And then are you inviting Jesus as Lord to lead you on that ongoing journey of spiritual growth? Of spiritual growth? We sang this morning, he is our king. He is our king forever. May we walk with him on this ongoing, amazing, wonderful journey that he has provided ahead. And I promise you, if you make that decision, you will be thankful that you did. Would you join me in prayer, please? Lord, we are so grateful as we sit here this morning or we watch online or those who will watch in the future. 
because it is your work within us that takes us to places we could not imagine. It is your work within us, Lord, that grows that desire, that helps us to follow your will, to leave ourselves behind, die to self, and leave our will into your will. And not only that, but to desire your will, Lord, to be excited about the impact you will make, to allow you to use us in a way that will impact and grow your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done and provided. When we open your word, Lord, will you give us so much opportunity, the promises that we can rely on for that transformation in our lives. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And I pray that if anyone is here who does not know you, Lord, that they would take that mustard seed of faith and they would start that journey. Would they bring people around? Would they talk about it with others? Would they be guided by what you have for them, Lord? Would they open their heart to that transformation? We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.